Welcome to the Kinkist.com podcast, the safest, most comprehensive and educational space for kink, alternative lifestyle dating, connection, and community anywhere on the web. Our goal at Kinkist is to make the experience of connection one of substance and importance in this ever-increasing world of superficial monotony. Are you tired of online communities full of ghosts, bots, catfish, and time wasters? Does a community built upon the pillars of consent, education, and radical inclusion interest you? Head over to kinkus.com to sign up to help us create a community of people dedicated to consensual play, fun, education, and creativity. Kinkus.com, where we ask, what are you into? I am your host, The Real McCoy, longtime lifestyler, BDSM practitioner, and educator. Hello, everyone. I am your host, Matthias Omatola, author, intimacy coach, alchemist, teacher of Tantra and cosmic sexuality, practitioner of conscious kink and transformational BDSM. Yeah. I am <sighs> um, not here to tell anybody what to do, but I will say this. Uh, in my years of being an ER social worker prior to doing this, I probably did a hundred sexual assault interviews. And I would say the majority of those, the woman didn't want to report for a variety of reasons. Didn't want to ruin the guy's life. Just wanted to forget about it. Just wanted to move on. Um, And that is a very, very common response to be very scared to report for obvious reasons. Um, And here's what I would say about that is if you've been sexually assaulted, if you've been sexually assaulted, you've been in a position where your power has been taken away from you. One way to get that power back is by holding that person accountable and taking control. The other thing I would say is when people are perpetrators, the only way they're going to stop is when somebody makes them stop. And that is by... Um, people coming forward and reporting. Um, statistics are like one in six women have been sexually assaulted. And those are those are only the reported ones. So you can only imagine. Um, I can only imagine having done well over 100 of these. Most of them don't report that that statistic is probably more like one in three, not one in six. Um, so I would say... You know, do whatever feels good to you. And this is an opportunity to take that power back and that control that was taken away from you and make that person pay for assaulting you. Thank you. That's a that's a really, really heavy subject. When I was uh, growing up, I was an HIV AIDS peer mediator. And the numbers that you mentioned, it seems like it's even up from there is like um, like one out of, it was one out of three, it was, uh, or even half mm-hmm. at some point they, they were, you know, estimates that a woman's first sexual experiences yeah. through molestation or rape or some type of assault. And then for mm-hmm. young men, it was like a quarter. So it was still, it was like something that it, it happens very frequently. So, um, you know, first of all, thank you for being able to ask that question to know it's a really heavy subject and to be able to seek out, you know, more guidance to be able to do that. You have a community, people care about you. That's one thing that I want to say too. And, you know, it's not your job to necessarily protect the attackers. 
it, it, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're a person and you are of value. So, um, and anybody else that would be exposed to this too, if anything can slow them down, I'm sure that's like an appreciative thing ahead of time. So that's something, you know, once again, not legal advice, <laughs> these aren't legal advice yeah. and it's a very personal decision. Yeah. But this is something that um, it, it is unfortunately common in our society because we aren't, you know, working with sex and consent in these ways. And that's why we try and do this. So thank you for, for sharing. And hopefully you get some deeper insights. Is there any numbers or anything, any places they, they should call for maybe additional people that they can talk to if they don't have a therapist or anything else around sexual assault that you can share? Yeah. Um as I'm based out of Seattle, I I would recommend calling any emergency room, especially some of the bigger ones. They tend to have um, what's called SANE nurses or sexual assault nurse examiners. And if you've been assaulted within 72 hours, at least in Washington state, and I think in most places, you are able to get a rape kit done because there's still evidence present for 72 hours. Outside of that, you can't get a rape kit, but you still can press charges. You still can file a report. And that is up to a certain amount of time, depending on where you live. Every place has a different statute of limitations. But I think um, sexual assault nurse examiners are really well connected with every resource out there. And so that would be my go-to person to call. Uh, You can also just file a report with the police and go from there. But I would recommend starting with the nurse examiners because they can hook you up with an advocate to go with you, help you navigate the system and just be an ongoing support. So there are, there are a lot of resources out there and that's where I would start. Great. Thanks Don. Mm -hmm. So we have another one here and uh, this is dealing with uh, sex drive. So uh, one of our listeners wants to know what kind of things can I do um, or take for lack of sex drive due to depression meds. So I guess maybe that's a side effect of the depression meds that they're taking is decreased sex mm-hmm. drive in some way. Is there anything that uh, you can recommend in that situation? Uh, well, I'm not a prescriber, so I have to disclose that first. Um, but this is a really, really common complaint. And, you know, it's hard. Do you put your mental health first or your sex drive first? Um, a lot of SSRIs cause lower sex drive, um, delayed ejaculation, no ejaculation. Um, and so what I usually recommend to people is to reach out to, uh, a psych prescriber, whether it's a nurse practitioner or a psychiatrist, because that is their specialty. Um, versus just going to your primary care physician, which are great for a lot of different things, but that's not their specialty. And so uh, in talking with a psychiatrist or nurse practitioner, you can figure out if there's different combinations of drugs to help alleviate those symptoms. Um, I know certain combinations of drugs can help increase libido. So that's that's one option. But the, the bigger message, I would say, is that... Um, you know, we are raised as a society to think that successful sex is penis and vagina resulting in ejaculation, usually the man ejaculating, and that is successful. Um, and that's not all that sex is. Sex is meant to be fun and connecting, and that can be done in all sorts of ways that don't involve um, penis and vagina. And so I really try to hit that home with a lot of people because our bodies change. 
you know, whether it's through having kids or getting older and things just, things just change. And so I think when you take a step back and look at sex in a different way, it really helps take that pressure off and um, reframes what a successful sexual experience is. So. No, oh, that's great, Don. Yeah, I, I I like how you brought that full circle and made uh, made reference to it being a psychological um, thing. And there's so much more to sex than just the physicality of it, and you know, getting inside someone's mind and um, using different ways to spark your imagination, thus sparking your your libido. Um, so it's mm-hmm. it's it's de- definitely great advice. Um, another one that we got from one of our listeners is um, it's about sexual trauma. And uh, how do you work through sexual trauma? I feel like my triggers aren't as severe anymore, but I don't think I've thought through it enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm completely biased. Of course, my answer is going to be seek out a trauma-informed sex therapist. Um, and also practice some self-compassion while you, it sounds like you've done some really wonderful work on your own. There's still going to be things that trigger you. Um, more and more research shows that we store trauma physically in our bodies. And sometimes you may think, oh my gosh, I've done so much work. I'm doing so great. And then something unexpected happens and you're triggered again. And sometimes you don't know until you're in that moment that there's still um, some trauma being stored in your body. So I would say, you know, seeking a a sex therapist, somebody who's familiar with trauma and somatic work can be really, really helpful. And also practicing a lot of self-compassion and kindness when you do get triggered because you're you're not broken. You're just releasing um, energy that's being stored in your body through trauma. Yeah. Would you say that the, uh, what would you say is the best way to seek out a, a sex therapist or someone that can help somebody in this uh, area? Yeah. Um, I would definitely go to the ASECT website. ASECT is the national board for sex therapists. Um, you can also go to psychology today. It's a really great resource where you can, filter in your insurance, whether you prefer a male or a female, um, that you want a sex therapist who specializes in trauma. It's really like a a dating site for therapists. And um, I think it's a really great way to hone in on people who maybe take your insurance and specialize in things that are important to you. Awesome. You know, one of the things uh, you mentioned, which I, it brought to mind a book that I've read, and that's The Body Keeps Score. So if it's if you're a reader or on audiobooks um, and you want to learn more about the body and storing trauma, The Body Keeps Score is an excellent book, um, along with The Presence Process, um, which is another way to re- release trauma. And it has to do with a lot of like um, taking baths and doing different things to soothe the nervous system. But there's a lot of, of different techniques. Mm-hmm. But those are two books that I've read that I found were um, for, were quite insightful in the understanding of trauma and the body and some processes to kind of internalize and relax. So um, maybe we'll, we'll talk to you some more and get some more recommendations for our audience on some of this stuff. Cause I know you've oh, I have a whole you've list had to of read books. all the, you got got libra- I'm sure you got libraries <laughs> and libraries. Um, we do have a uh, another question here, and that was takes care of the sexual uh, trauma one. 
And this one now moves kind of more into the world of fantasies, kinks, and communications. And that is, uh, what are some ways I can broach some fantasies and kinks with my partner if I know that these things my partner is not really interested in trying? Mm, that is a great question. <laughs> um, you know, first, I think it's important to get clear on what your fantasy is so that you can effectively communicate like, hey, I've been thinking about X. This is something I would really like to try. What do you think? Um, and I also, again, go back to like maybe doing a BDSM checklist because a lot of fantasies are included in there and comparing it with your partner and really starting an open dialogue about it. And um, maybe being open to that your partner may not be into it, but you don't know unless you ask and you don't get what you don't ask for. So um, first getting very clear and confident on it and then um, advocating and asking for it. And if your partner can't meet that need, is there another way that you can get that need met? And then maybe negotiating that with your partner. Good so, you're, so you're saying there's still hope. Not just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying there's you a ask. chance. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance, Don. All right. Um, let's see here. You want to jump into the next one, brother? Yeah, we got another one here for you. Um, what are some of the most common issues you find individuals and couples in the lifestyle having? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of it has to do with jealousy, navigating jealousy, because um, it's going to come up. It's going to come up. Um a lot of it has to do with like false narratives that come up with people. A lot of times people, the folks that I see are people pleasers and recovering people pleasers, people who have been raised with the narrative that they may be too much or not enough. And um, those false narratives play out in their relationships and usually uh, non-monogamous Non-monogamy is a very fast way to find out what your insecurities are. And mm -hmm. so navigating those, um, working on communication. Uh, a lot of people in the lifestyle, if they are people pleasers, don't even know what they want because they're so focused externally on, well, what do you want? I'm anticipating your needs. So I'm going to do what I think you want me to do. I'm going to speculate. And I'm going to do that thing versus really looking inward and figuring out what they want and then saying, Hey, this is what, this is what I would like. What do you think? So really working on those people pleasing tendencies. Um, that's one of my favorite things to work on. Cause you see people, once they start first learning what they want, second, asking for it, they find that the result is not nearly as catastrophic as they think it's going to be. And it usually goes pretty well. And there's that trust, that self-trust that comes in and those insecurities start melting away because they can trust themselves to advocate for themselves. So um, a lot of that, a lot of the communication and insecurity. I think we've all experienced something like that probably. 
So what would you say? No. You another, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. No, we, we've 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 done a lot on uh, insecurity, but I, I think we can probably do a whole yeah. other episode just on that. Um, but we do have another question, and that is, um, you know, along those same lines, like, what are some of the things that you see uh, couples and individuals do that? Um, that make it smooth in the lifestyle. Like, okay, if you have these different things, this is going to kind of work out for you a little bit better. I think learning together so that you guys both have the same information, um, whether it's reading Polysecure and talking about it or listening to podcasts together when you're on road trips. I think learning this one, together. This one in particularly. Listen to the Kinkus podcast. Yeah, <laughs> listen, listen to, to this Kinkus podcast. podcast. <laughs> because then you're learning together and you're going to start communicating with each other. Like, hey, so what did you think about that? Like, it's going to foster more communication and it's going to get you guys on the same page. And things like certain episodes that you guys may host are going to really force people to think about things and then talk about things. Um, so I think learning together is wildly important and learning how to talk and learning how to check in with each other. Um, the other big, big thing that I talk to people about is you have to pre-forgive your partner because as you're new and even when you're not new, like mistakes are going to be made and they're not intentional, they're not malicious and they're going to happen. So kind of prepping yourself by pre-forgiving your partner and assuming positive intent is going to help you guys long-term just generally in your relationship to foster that positive sentiment override where you generally think positively about your partner. And it's going to help you navigate those bumps in the road by, I've already, I've already forgiven you. I knew a mistake was going to happen. I know it wasn't intentional. Let's just talk through this so we could talk about, you know, what we would do differently next time and how we would navigate it. So I love the term positive intent. I I love that. Mm -hmm. That, That's great. And I I feel that that would have been something that was helpful very early when I was in the world of, uh, you know, getting into the lifestyle because I didn't have that sometimes. I would think like, oh, you no. knew about this. You knew you really wanted to do, and you know, being accusatory or, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, years later finding out, oh, they really had no cl- clue. They were, they were processing things different or they were just lost in something else. And so positive intent. Take notes, folks. Positive intent. Mm-hmm. Like work with your partner on that. That's a, that's a good one there. Yeah. So we got another um, question in, coming yeah. in. Um this one's kind of tough to decipher, but let me see if I can. Uh, what are some personality characteristics, if they are present within someone before getting into the lifestyle, and if they have them, it makes the process much more smooth? Because yeah, so we're all I about self-improvement that. here. So if you're trying to improve yeah. yourself, yeah. like what things would you build up that would help you as far as your character like, yay, confidence, but yeah. what else is there that's good? You know, the big thing that comes up for me around this is I don't think there are certain personality traits that make you successful, but I think there are behaviors that will make it a lot easier. Um, like assuming positive intent, being inquisitive, actively listening, asking for clarification if you don't understand, and just overall being a good communicator 
who respects your own boundaries as well as others. I think um, those are some hallmark behaviors that I see in people who uh, feel successful in the lifestyle. Yeah, you really nailed those because I, I love it when people are inquisitive. I mean, it's, it's so many times you go to a bar and there's always that person that all they can do is talk about themselves and you don't want to have that. So you, you definitely want to have that inquisitive nature. Uh, you want to be a good communicator and, and, and respecting mm -hmm. boundaries for sure. So, yes, that's all great. Uh, not necessarily, like you said, characteristics, but behaviors that you should adhere to. Yeah. I mean, there's all types That's of different great. people in the lifestyle, right? I mean, there's not one type of person who is great at the lifestyle. It takes all, all different kinds of personalities. It takes practice. It takes, it's not, it's something you have to work. Yeah. On. You got you yeah. to work that kink muscle yeah. folks work that, you know, flex that <laughs> kink muscle. Uh, but yeah. I, th I think that's something great that you, you mentioned as far as it's not necessarily characteristics, but it's behavior. So even if, somebody else you might see in the lifestyle is much more confident or doing all these different things, you can actually explore more and do these different things as you adopt some of these quality behaviors, like Don said. So you don't have mm -hmm. to beat yourself up, you know, have positive intent also with yourself. Know that you're going to, you know, do your best mm -hmm. and you're, you're going through this and through the, adopting those behaviors, you're going to be able to change, grow and mature within this and what's right for you um, versus thinking that you have it or you don't, you kind of give up and I'm not good at it and things like that. So it is a process and that's what we really encourage here on the podcast and in, uh, you know, the Kinkus family and the tribe here is all about being able to grow and evolve in a supportive environment, right? Because a lot of this is only coming out now because we've been oppressed sexually for so long as people through mm -hmm. a lot of different cultural, religious, whatever your oppression has been, this area has been uh, not someplace that authenticity and self-expression has really been, you know, explored and fortified and supported. So we're creating that environment here. So understand that it's a process. It's not something that either you're good or you're bad at it. It's just might be some behaviors that you have to practice and, and develop. And, yeah. you know, you're probably more than capable if you're listening to this podcast and you're, you have positive intent to get better and without doubt. I'm, I believe in you and we, we believe in you that you can, uh, you can have a lot of fun in this space. You can, you can mm -hmm. find yourself. So, um, that, that's most of the questions we have here. Um, where can people find you if they wanted to work with you professionally and how, how does that, um, how does that whole process work Don? Yeah. So I am licensed, uh, out of Washington state. So I'm only able to see people in Washington state at this time. Um, but you can find me on psychologytoday.com. I'm currently working on, creating an Instagram for my business and a website. So as soon as I get those, I will uh, let you guys know. Awesome. And I guess the next question is probably the most important. Did you enjoy this? And would you come back and share more of your wealth of knowledge <laughs> and beauty with our audience? Oh, 10 out of 10 would come back. You guys are great. It was a lot of fun. And I really appreciated um, all the very vulnerable and thoughtful questions that, that people sent in. That was great. Thank you. Awesome, Thank you, awesome. Don, for, for showing up yeah. and being a guest and giving us your time and energy. And thank you for everything you're doing for all those people out there that, that really need this service. Yeah, I can't thank Thanks, you guys. enough. Thanks for having me. 
So make sure to tune in next time on the Kinkus podcast and make sure to join us on our Facebook group as well as sign up so we can give you guys the latest and greatest updates. We're going to be going through a little um, website refresh here to make the podcast and the different topics a little bit more accessible here. And um, we always appreciate you tuning in. And like always, we want to encourage you and you can join us in on this, uh, Don, too. Stay kinky, my friend. Stay friends. kinky. Stay kinky. <laughs> Are you tired of online communities full of ghosts, bots, catfish, and time wasters? Does a community built upon the pillars of consent, education, and radical inclusion interest you? Head on over to kinkus.com to sign up and help us create a community of people dedicated to the consensual play, fun, education, and creativity. Kinkus.com. What are you into?